David Miller from New Primal tells us why when you're feeling peckish, that organically produced jerky is just the answer. Here's his story. Good morning, David, and welcome to the Local Paleo Show. Good morning. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. It's our pleasure. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. I hope you are both wonderfully well. Absolutely. Hi, Mark. I am. I am. So, David, um, your common friends, again, Melissa and your friend Sadie Olson, told us about your wonderful products and... I was curious, how did you get to the uh, primal uh, paleo um, environment? I mean, what's your health path? Yeah, so um, like, like a lot of other people, um, it was a, a broken road of health that kind of led me to, uh, to finding paleo. Um, out of college, um, had gained some weight, you know. The, the drinking, the pizza, things like that in college that are, mm-hmm. that are so common, um, was looking to get healthier, started uh, getting back in the gym, um, and was doing a lot of the, the men's health, men's fitness uh, workouts and following a lot of that diet um, and, and saw some results. But um, I actually, out of college, became a firefighter. Um, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do after college, so I became a firefighter for the city of Charleston um, in South Carolina uh, for a few years. And at that time, so this is uh, 2007, um, paleo and CrossFit were not really inundated in, in pop culture yet. And so it was a very um, police, military, firefighter um, environment. Um, and so I found out about CrossFit um, through firefighting and from CrossFit, learned about paleo, um, started experimenting with it and, and found excellent results. Um, at that time, it was a very small community, um, as, as, as I mentioned uh, previously, and, uh, and I've just stuck with it ever since. 80-20 has been my um, kind of my uh, version of paleo um, that I've done. It's allowed me to stay pretty much more or less on that path for the past 10 years. So, David, you are with uh, Melissa, Jason, and Ashley, uh, the co-founders of New Primal. And your company offers jerky, mixed meat sticks, snack mates, and coming soon, a new product. And we'll That's talk correct. about this. We'll talk about all of this uh, later as well. Okay. Um, how did you come up with this line of product? What, what started the whole uh, company and, you know, why you decided to uh, offer these kind of products? Yeah, so uh, so Jason Burke um, is our founder and CEO. Um, this uh, this brand started um, really as organically as a company can start, um, and that was basically accidentally. Um, he he got into paleo and CrossFit in two thousand nine. Um, was looking for a clean, healthy afternoon snack. Um, that was that was where he found the most di- difficulty. It wasn't so much in meals and meal planning. It was the you know three o'clock in the afternoon at his desk. Um, what snack do you go to? And he got tired of cashews and almonds and, and those types of trail mixes very quickly. And so he thought, what better, what better high protein, you know, clean afternoon snack than jerky. Um, but what he found in the market was that there really wasn't anything that he was looking for because he wanted paleo. He wanted grass fed, grass finished beef. Um, he wanted no added sugar. You know, he wanted to know the animal welfare aspect was there and, and the product that he was looking for simply didn't exist. Um, and so he, he literally Googled how to make beef jerky. He bought a $30 dehydrator, 
um, and, and just started playing with different marinades. So he was, he was buying grass-fed, grass-finished beef from Whole Foods, slicing it thin. Um, the first few iterations, um, he still claims to this day, were almost inedible. Um, he, didn't come, he didn't come from a chef or, or a, a background really at all. Um, but what he did was, uh, you know, he stuck with it and, and he found some, some flavor profiles that worked really well. Um, started taking it in, in in Ziploc bags just as, as a snack for himself, um, not, not in an effort to create a company. Um, and as he got better and better at making it, people were trying it um, both at his gym and at work. And, uh, and people started requesting, um, hey, next time you make a batch, can, can you make me a bag? Can you make me a couple bags? And leaving cash on his desk at work, giving him cash at his gym. Um, and so he, uh, he ended up having 60 hydrators um, going on, yeah. his, on his kitchen counter at one point. Um, and his, his lovely wife, Kristen, um, went out for a girl's night out one evening and, and she came home and, and she wasn't in a good mood. And she said, these, these dehydrators have to go. And, and he was kind of taken aback. He said, well, what, what's, what's the problem? And, and she said her friends had teased her all evening that she smelled like she'd just come from a barbecue. You know, her hair <laughs> and her clothes all smelled like beef and smoke. So um, that was kind of the, the tipping point of where he, he took it from his kitchen counter um, to he was, he was lucky in the fact that he had, he had a good friend who has a catering company in Charleston, South Carolina, um, which is where we're based, um, right. who allowed him to rent a, a tiny little room. Um, I'm in a hotel room. It was really about this size um, to start making it there and packaging it there. Um, you know, fast forward about six months and, and he thinks, you know, I, I think I have a company here. Um, right, right. It, was just, it was just really catching on. So he built kind of a really janky website and he started putting jerky in a backpack and just, I mean, grassroots effort as all get out. I mean, pounding pavement in, in Charleston, South Carolina saying, Hey, I'm, I'm making this product. I think this would work really well, you know, in the, in the little independents and corner stores. And we have, uh, uh, an outdoor retailer that has a few locations in Charleston. So, um, really as, as organic as, as a company can start. Um, and then it just, it, it just kind of continued from there and, and, you know, fast forward, uh, Six years last year, we had the uh, the number one selling jerky in the United States in the natural channel uh, throughout all of 2016. So it's been a, a really fun journey, and uh, and I've I've enjoyed being part of it. It's nice, very nice to hear that story. Uh, Sometimes uh, that's what it takes to create a whole new business is just to decide to do what you want to do and what you cannot find in the market, and sometimes that can lead to something very successful like in your case. So that's a great, um, great story. And um, can you uh, shortly like describe each line of products and, and how it's used by customers? Sure, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so the New Primal's flagship line, what, what we started out with was whole muscle cut jerky. Um, that's what Jason started out making and that's what we brought to market um, first. And so whole muscle cut, of course, meaning um, full muscle cuts of, um, of beef that are not chopped up and ground in form like a lot of other products. Um, that's your, your traditional, um, you know, rip tear type jerky. And so we have currently we have four um, jerky products. We have a classic grass fed, grass finished beef jerky. We have a spicy grass fed, grass finished jerky. Um, we have a classic turkey jerky and we have a very new product that's actually just kind of hitting the market right now. Um, that's probably our most kind of gourmet flavor um, that's, that's really taking off. Um, and that's our Dayton Rosemary Chicken Jerky, um, which is a free-range chicken. It's, uh, it's paleo certified, just like all of our other products. It's gluten-free certified. Um, and this particular one 
um, is also AIP friendly, um, which is our first uh, autoimmune protocol uh, friendly option because it doesn't have honey. Um, all of our other jerkies have honey in the marinade. And the date and rosemary uh, chicken jerky actually has macerated dates, so a, a date paste or a date syrup um, in place of the honey, as honey can be a, a trigger for certain people. Um, so we, we wanted to try to support, uh, as that really takes off on the West Coast, I think we're, we're finding that the AIP diet is, is becoming a lot more um, uh, popular in different areas. People okay. look to Can you explain what the AIP diet is? Yeah, so the autoimmune protocol diet or, or the AIP diet um, is sort of, I think a lot of people would view it as an offshoot of paleo, um, rooted uh, similarly to Whole30 um, or, or other kind of subgenres of, of paleo like that. Um, for people who have acute reactions uh, to the foods that they eat, it's an effort to kind of um, take away a lot of things. So it's, it's a pretty strict, very filtered diet nightshades are taken out, you know, something like honey, which we generally think of as a very healthy ingredient um, that's removed because it can be a trigger for a lot of people. And so they take those things away for a set amount of time, whether it's 30, 60, 90 days, and then they start to reintroduce very slowly um, so they can gauge their reaction um, to, to try to help to identify um, causes of an inflammation or, or gut uh, inflammation um, within them. Mm -hmm. Thank you for explaining that. Absolutely. And so then you have, then you have the snagmates. Uh, so the, the the next line after the jerky that we launched were sticks in January. Of oh, sticks. We're in January of 2016. Um, we launched uh, three stick options. So think like a healthy version of a Slim Jim, a, a quick on the go snack, um, and uh, and we set a what we thought was a very aggressive sales projection on them. Um, and I believe if I remember correctly, we outsold that projection by 1500% uh, in quarter one of 2016. So that was very eye-opening um, and kind of uh, told us that that was something the market was really interested in. Um, you know, they, they retail typically for $1.99 um, and they have all the same call outs. So all the beef that's used is grass-fed, grass-finished beef and all the other uh, proteins are, are fully free range. Uh, they're all paleo certified. They're all gluten-free certified. Um, and then at $1.99, um, they're a great car item. I think we, we find that people often buy a handful of them as opposed to one um, and just keep them, you know, keep them in the glove compartment or the, or the center console of their car. So you're stuck in traffic and you're a little bit hangry. You've, you've got that kind of low price point, but, but you get a lot of bang for your buck with a, a very nutrient-dense um, product like that. So um, yeah. those three that we launched were the same flavor profiles as our jerky initially. So we had a classic beef, a spicy beef, and a classic turkey. Um, but due to the sales and the market reaction to that, we actually immediately put into R&D expanding some flavors. So we actually have seven sticks currently, um, in addition to the core launch that we did. We now have a habanero pineapple uh, grass-fed beef, which is my favorite. Um, that one, I, I, you just can't go wrong with a little spice and a little sweet to offset it. Right. Um, then we have a cilantro lime turkey, um, which is fantastic. And then we have two um, free-range pork options. Uh, we have a barbecue pork um, and then an uncured maple bacon, uh, which actually was my favorite at first. I think I overdid it a little right. bit <laughs> the maple bacon when we, we first launched it. So I've, I've switched over the habanero pineapple. So yeah, we have uh, currently seven sticks options yeah. available. And I, can, and I can vouch for them. They're very tasty. Excellent. Thank you. I'm glad you yeah. like them. Yeah. 
and then we have the Snackmates. So yes, yeah, Snackmates was next. And Snackmates, you know, we um, as a as a smallish company, um, you know, we still have a a, a small number of, of folks on the team. Um, we try to let the market uh, dictate. We look for white space um, in in our our line expansions. And so when we launched the sticks, um, most of us on our team we have young kids. Um, and, and our kids just went absolutely crazy over the sticks. And so it was kind of one of those light bulb moments where we thought, wow, you know, kids snacking is such a huge market. It's a huge segment in, in the grocery, you know, brick and mortar retail market. Um, but it's all the same thing, right? It's, it's all high fructose corn syrup. It's a bunch of added sugar. It's really all carbs. Um, right. It's hard to find anything but carbs. There's really no fat or protein in that aisle, that, that lunchbox aisle, um, as we call it. So, um, we thought, uh, why, why not, why not be the first to launch a, a kid's clean protein snack? So, um, mm -hmm. so what we did was we took our sticks, um, the classic turkey and the classic beef. We just dialed back the black pepper a little bit in that product because you don't want your kid's mouth to be on fire. <laughs> you know, kids have a, a little bit more of a mild palate. Um, and so, uh, we packaged them individually, just like string cheese. In fact, that's sort of how we frame it when, when we're talking to folks about it. it's the new, the new string cheese. Um, and they're in a five pack bag uh, for five ninety nine, typically at retail. Um, and and we intentionally did five of them five days in the school week, so they're the perfect size to go in a lunchbox. That's a great idea. Yeah, God knows our kids need uh, healthy food. Absolutely. Too, so yes. Instead of this horrible cafeteria food, that that's right. They get now. Um, I can't help but wonder how how do you source your 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 products. Uh, uh, do you work with uh, certain farms? Uh, do you want to name names? I mean, you're welcome to. Yeah, so uh, I, I, I won't necessarily name names because of the nature of our, our supply chain. Um, our mm -hmm. beef actually um, all comes from New Zealand and Australia. Um, okay. When we started out, we sourced um, from Oregon and Washington State primarily um, because there was a supply of grass-fed beef there. Um, we were looking for domestic beef. Um, but they, they were small family farms and, and we grew at quite a rapid rate um, initially being the first company to launch a grass-fed, grass-finished uh, beef jerky into the U.S. market, um, which we're, we're very proud of, obviously, and it helped us get a foothold um, into the market. Um, but a couple of things happened. They, 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 uh, they struggled to keep up um, on, on the supply chain side uh, with our growth. Um, and then as we, we actually started going down the rabbit hole with the non-GMO projects to get non-GMO verification, um, right. And they essentially told us, um, if you continue to source from the United States, you're going to have a lot of trouble ever getting certified. And we were kind of blown away by that because, you know, we've got statements upon statements and we know that our farms are non-GMO farms, that they're 100% grass-fed farms. Um, mm -hmm. But they, their filter that they use is such a uh, minute breakdown that it was actually rainwater from surrounding farms. Um, that was a potential contaminant. Um, and so if, if the surrounding farms use GMOs, they will not certify you. Um, mm -hmm. So that was a, a good uh, learning piece for us. And, and we always joke that we've, we've paid for our education every, every step of the road. Um, mm -hmm. And so we took our, our beef sourcing to New Zealand um, and, and that solved a lot of problems for us. Um, as mm -hmm. far as supply chain, um, I don't think there's any way we could ever outgrow the supply chain um, that's available in New Zealand. And it's a network of family farms. Um, all with the same statements, same affidavits, 100% grass-fed. Um, GMOs are illegal in New Zealand, so that solved the GMO problem for us. Um, okay. 
grass-fed, grass-finished is the rule there rather than the exception, as it is mm-hmm. in the United States, unfortunately. Um, right. and, uh, and they have more cattle than people. <laughs> so, yeah. so, you know, they, they've, they've been able to keep up as, as we've grown. And so we've uh, we found, uh, as we have grown, that Australia has a very similar um, supply. So some of the beef uh, does come from Australia now as well. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a farm not too far from you, uh, White Oak Farms, White which, Oak. I, vis- which yeah. I visited last year. And, Fantastic uh, organization. Yeah. 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 They, uh, they could be also a good source. Just absolutely, absolutely. And we've, we've talked to them in the past. I think um, our operations team is always looking at, at different sourcing mm-hmm. um, and relationships and things like that. So um, Ashley on the, on the operations side, she's, she's got all those relationships and, mm-hmm. and she remains in contact with, with all those people. And, uh, and uh, you, you can never have too many options available for clean sourcing. Yeah, yeah. Which is, it's great that you found the source. Uh, too bad it's outside the country though. Um, yeah, yeah. I well, you know, as as you alluded to previously, um, if if paleo does continue on on the track that it's on, and, and this becomes a more standard thing, I think the market will react, right? Mm-hmm. I think more and more people will move away from feedlot farming and uh, and concentrated animal animal farming operations, and you're going to see this shift, and and we hope to be a, a strong part of that um, as as the market kind of forces companies to go grass fed. Um, I think well, it's a natural reaction. Right. I could see that between you and Epic, you're already uh, pushing the door wide open. Absolutely. I'm surprised, I'm surprised that uh, farmers are not keeping up with that or, or ranchers. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, well, we've, we've definitely seen some growth and, and we've seen more, more farms going to that. Um, right. It's, it's, you know, it, it's just a timing thing. I think, I think Epic, both Epic and us have grown at a rate that, that it's going to take a while. I mean, just, just even from a raising of the cattle position, you know, it takes it's significantly longer to raise a grass fed, grass finished um, right. herd of cattle, as opposed to, um, you know, the force feeding and the terrible things that happen in, in feedlots. So right. um, I think it'll get there. I think it's just, it's just a little bit of a timing thing. Right. And uh, about the chicken and turkey, where do you get them from? Yeah. So the, the chicken and turkey uh, comes from uh, Pittman farms in Sanger, California. Uh, Mary Pittman, who's who's like a uh, a culinary uh, icon in California. Uh, you mentioned the Pittman Farm in California, and in, in in the natural community, at least people's you know their eyes light up and they oh I know Mary or I know so and so in the family. So um, that's a, a great thing for for us, and and they're actually grown specifically for us on uh, fully non GMO feeds. So they're they're a great partner um, to work with. Fantastic. Um, and then our pork, uh, is a network of farms domestically that are, that are fully pastured. Okay, good. Now let's talk about specific. Now, uh, we already know that your products are paleo, but they're also gluten-free, soy-free, grass-fed, grass-finished, hormone and antibiotic-free. Can you, um, can I elaborate on that and how you got to that point? Yeah. Um, so initially when we started out, um, our jerky was actually primal, but not paleo. Um, everyone and their mother, it seems in this, in this, uh, category, in this market, they tend to use soy, uh, soy sauce, um, often additives that you have trouble pronouncing these polysyllabic words that look like they were made in a lab. Um, and so we were offering a clean hundred percent grass fed right from the beginning. Um, but initially we used a non GMO tamari sauce. Um, that was gluten-free and it was non-GMO 
Um, and it was just due to a, a cost basis, right? As we were a small company, um, Tamari is significantly more expensive than soy and coconut aminos, which is what we really wanted to be using, um, are about 30x of what even Tamari is. So, yeah. so we had to grow to a certain point where, where we could get there to really step our game up. Um, and we did that a little over, uh, I guess, probably about a year and a half ago. Um, we moved to, we replaced the Tamari uh, with coconut aminos were the first company and so far the only company to have done that uh, to my knowledge in the United States at least on a, a large scale um, national availability um, and uh, and so basically we, we always want to stay a, a step ahead of the game you know our commitment to the market and to consumers is to offer we call it the highest integrity option right and so in, in order to offer the highest integrity option I think it's important that that you really you bring your A game right you can't just have grass-fed but then have soy and a bunch of added sugar, or, or you can't just be gluten-free, but then there's a bunch of other junk in your product. So um, for us, first and foremost, grass-fed, grass-finished beef, um, animal welfare, again, obviously is a, a huge aspect of, of what the new primal promises the consumer. Um, and then antibiotic uh, and hormone-free, I think that has become almost ubiquitous across the market. Um, so that's one of the call-outs that maybe has, has lost a little bit of its importance, which is a good thing because you see the market changing. Um, and then, uh, you know, paleo certified was big for us. Um, switching from tamari to coconut aminos allowed for that. So there's no soy. Um, you know, we are still going through that, that non-GMO verification, which is a lengthy, lengthy process. Um, and for something like jerky, there's, there are a lot more ingredients involved than a lot of products. So, um, a lot of moving parts to getting that certification. We hope to have that later this year. Um, and then no added sugar. I mean, I think that that is a, a huge difference um, in the, it, we, we call it the dirty little secret of, of the jerky world. It's just uh, tons of sugar and sodium. And, and typically what we find is it's a combination of a lot of Americans just love sugar. They're addicted right. to it. Right. But it's also a, a money game. Um, if you have a hundred pounds of beef and you turn it into jerky, you only net about 30 pounds of jerky. But if you load it up with sugar and you load it up with sodium, those ingredients don't cook out. So you get kind of an artificial yield rate, which a lot of people yeah. like to do. And it's, it's a little bit of greed probably in, yeah. involved there. So that's a, another one of our commitments. You know, we've got a touch of, of honey and a touch of pineapple juice in our marinade. That's the only sugar um, involved at all. And so there's no added refined sugar um, at all. So yeah, hormone-free, antibiotic-free, gluten-free, non-GMO, paleo-friendly, uh, top eight allergen-free, which I, I think especially um, in classrooms and, and with kids, it's, that's becoming more and more important to people um, right. in the animal uh, welfare aspect. So yeah, a lot of call-outs that separate us, which is good. It helps me in my job. Uh, it's a pretty competitive market. There are a lot of drinking yeah. companies out there. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you for explaining that. Um, sure. Now, now let's talk about your new secret product. Uh, <laughs> so this is going to be uh, meat marinades. That's and, right. And uh, can, what can you tell us about it? Yeah, so uh, it was a secret. They, they are actually hitting Whole Foods shelves nationwide as we speak. Um, they, they started about two weeks ago. Um, by the end of the month, I would say that, that you should be able to find them on every single shelf in, in any Whole Foods in the United States. Um, Whole Foods does have, have an exclusive on them um, in May, June, July. They'll be available to the rest of the market in August. Um, but yeah, so we, uh, I, I mentioned earlier, um, we, we like to find white space, right? I mean, that's, that's what's allowed us to be successful in the jerky and the meat snack world is that we offered something that was truly different. 
um, it's, it's a hard market to break into, but if you're, you're offering incremental sales and a lot of value to the retailer, um, I think they're going to be receptive to that anytime they can have something that's, that's completely different. And, and like I said, white space. And so there, we found there's huge white space availability in the marinade set of, of really any, whether it's natural or conventional uh, grocery retailer, no one's really, no one has really disrupted that game in a very long time. It's, it's all oils, right? Primarily canola oil, um, but an oil of some sort, most of them are canola, um, lots of added sugar, um, lots of ingredients that, that are hard to pronounce. You, you don't know what that, that product is when, when you see that ingredient. Um, right. And soy, right? So it's soy, canola oil, a bunch of sugar, and, and a bunch of junk. And so what, what we recognized was, you know, if, if people are looking for a clean jerky or a clean meat snack, and we see it happen in a lot of other categories that have all been moving forward and folks have come in and disrupted categories and been very successful doing so, um, we, we make a marinade for our jerky why not just tweak that a little bit and, and make it uh, available to the consumer? So we just basically made a couple of very minor changes. Um, we have three options. There's a classic and a spicy marinade, which are, are meant for more for red meat. Um, and then we have a citrus herb that's, that's more for um, your, your, your poultry um, or fish. Uh, works fantastic with that. Um, and so coconut aminos based. Um, coconut aminos, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but coconut aminos are actually the number one selling uh, product in the ethnic section, uh, ethnic section, which is just where it lives at Whole Foods um, yeah. across the board in, in, in every region of the United States. Um, yeah. So that's definitely something that I think is trending up. People are, are Googling it, learning more about um, the positive benefits of coconut aminos. Um, and so that's the primary ingredient, some apple cider vinegar, um, some spices, herbs, uh, a little bit of pineapple juice, very simple. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just, it's one of those things that no one, no one had done it, right? So it's, uh, so it's paleo certified, just like everything else. It's gluten-free certified. This one um, we're really excited about um, is actually Whole30 approved, um, which is our first Whole30 approved item. Um, so folks who are struggling to get through those 30 days of, of really, really kind of dialed in eating um, now have a, a great option um, to use for, for marinating meats, um, we've, we've used it on vegetables. We've, we've cooked it down and used it as a finishing sauce. So it's a, a, a really nice utility item that can be used in a lot of different ways. And so, uh, do you have oil in it? No, it's, oil? It's, no, no, it's, it's oil no. free. Yes. It's, it's, oh, okay. it's oil free. There's no added sugar. Um, it's a, a truly, uh, different differentiator, I guess, uh, in that set. Okay. Well, now the secret is out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you for sharing. So you alluded already that you are in a Whole Foods market. Uh, where else are you products sold? Yeah. So we, uh, when we started, um, as I mentioned, very grassroots going into independence and co-ops and then it kind of, uh, it kind of just grew from there. Um, a lot of smaller chains, Earth Fair um, was one of our first natural retailers. Um, oddly enough, we actually got into Publix in the Southeast. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that retailer, yes. but one of the, one of the major, more conventional, but they, they've done a really good job of, of having some cleaner, healthier options in a lot of categories. They were actually one of our first retail partners. Uh, we had no idea what we were doing. We, we, we actually got that. Uh, Jason, uh, our founder, made, he placed a cold call uh, to the category manager at Publix, and lo and behold, somehow he answered, somehow he invited uh, the new Primal to, to come pitch. And so Publix was actually carrying 
a grass-fed, grass-finished beef jerky before any Whole Foods in the United States, which is wow. still, still kind of blows our minds when we look back yeah. on it. Uh, but yeah. some of our, some of our, our key retail partners, uh, Publix in the Southeast, um, we're in about 800 Kroger stores um, with our jerky. Um, Target, we did a test last year, very successful. So we've tripled our doors. Um, still not in, in the majority, but we're in about half of their, they have what's called health and wellness stores. Um, so if you're lucky enough to have one, one of those targets in your, in your area, um, Target is a great one. Safeway, um, we're in a couple of, of Safeway um, uh, regions. Uh, REI, the outdoors uh, retailer, REI, which yeah. is a great account. Okay. And kind of yeah. a fun one to be in, right? Um, we right. have a lot of products with them. Um, they carry in certain stores up to nine of our products. So um, that's a really nice offering. Well, it it um, makes sense when you want to go out camping, you want something portable. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, exactly. A functional, a functional high, um, high uh, nutrition density snack for sure. Right. Um, Harris Teeter um, is, is another strong one. Whole Foods, like I mentioned, the, the, the marinades are available um, as, as we speak or are becoming available in every Whole Foods in the United States. Um, and then the jerky and sticks are available in certain regions. Um, hoping to become available nationally um, early next year. Um, uh, and then Meyer up in uh, the Midwest in, in your neck of the woods, uh, Central Market is, right. is a very strong retailer of ours. Um, PCC Markets uh, moves actually more product of ours than, than anyone in the United States. They're, they're up in Seattle, New Seasons in Portland. Um, so yeah, it's, it, we, what we found is we have a product that uh, I call it crossover appeal. Right. Right. You can make a really clean product and sell very well in your Whole Foods or, or your local independent or co-op. Um, right. But to see a product work well in conventional space at the Safeways, you know, the Publix, the Targets, right. um, that's exciting, right? Because that's, yeah. that's showing that, that the product really has a lot of crossover appeal and that the more conventional consumer who maybe doesn't always shop at Whole Foods um, is, is interested in a higher integrity option. So we're really excited to see, you know, when we first started out, I think our, our demographic was kind of a, a 25 year old male CrossFitter. Right. And we've seen this consumer evolution over the past couple of years where now we, we still hit that market without a doubt. Um, but now we're seeing, you know, moms and dads, you know, who, who right. are doing like the family shopping, uh, buying for their kids, which is why Snackmates was launched. Um, that's a much bigger demographic and you're able to reach, right a much, much uh, larger population by appealing to that consumer. So we're really excited um, to see what we do become much more mainstream. Great, yeah. Once you have a foothold in Central Market, you should definitely talk to HEB. It's the same the We're same working company. on it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I've, yeah. I've been to San Antonio to their, uh, to their headquarters. So uh, stay tuned on HEB. <laughs> okay. Well, one thing I was going to ask you, it's, let me put it this way, it's obviously a, a very tasty product. What are the values nutritionally? How much fat is there in a typical bar? How much protein is there in a typical bar? Yeah, so um, I, the, the ingredients um, and, and the nutritional panels will be available, um, I think, for you guys to see on when you post. Um, one of the things that we find in, in the market is often there's more sugar uh, grams of sugar than protein in a lot of our competitors' products. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I believe if you, if you look at the back of the package, obviously we have a wide array uh, of, of products. So it does vary 
a bit. So the, the protein, generally speaking, it, it can be a little bit higher in a grass-fed, grass-finished jerky. But uh, at the end of the day, as far as protein goes, meat is kind of meat. Um, and so mm -hmm. it, for us, it's more about what's not in it, right? So you see some of our competitors have up to 15 grams of sugar per serving, sometimes mm -hmm. three, three servings per bag. So you're talking about 45 grams of sugar in a bag of jerky. Um, and so what we have with no added sugar, you're looking at, you know, maybe two, three grams uh, of sugar um, per serving. Um, the sodium is about one fifth of uh, standard what you see um, in meat snacks. Um, the same said for the sugar. Um, so yeah, it's uh, the protein. Um, you can certainly look depending on what product you purchase. Um, all the available, uh, all the information is available online. Okay, so well, the reason I ask is that, you know, a lot of people are going to be thinking, well, this is nice, it's a good snack, but how many bars do I need to take with me on a, you know, a half-day march or something like that? As far um, as, like, you, if you they're were, counting macros and, and, and things of that nature? Well, are they counting macros or they just don't want to go hungry? You know, that's the sort of things. I mean, the higher the fat content, normally, the sort of the more satiety you get from a, a snack or any type of food. Right. Or energy as well. So, I mean, it's, it's more of a practical nature is the sort of the, the basis of my question. But as you say, they can look on the... Uh, nutrition sure. And, and that's, I mean, that's, that's one of those things. And, and, and I, because of the array of products, I, I don't want to, to... And I don't have a bag in front of me. Um, so, and also, macros vary so much by person. Yeah. Right. So if you're talking about a hundred pound woman versus a, a 240 pound guy who's, who's a big lifter, obviously that's going to vary a lot. So it's kind of going to be an individual needs. Um, yeah. I would encourage people to, to read labels. Um, we, we obviously, um, we actually used to put the ingredients right on the front of, of our packaging because we wanted people to read what was in it. So we, we certainly encourage both uh, nutrition panel and an ingredient list uh, studying uh, by consumers. Mm. Okay, I mean, you, you obviously eat them yourself anyway. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, sort of what, how many bar, how many uh, jerky bars, for instance, would you say, oh, that's enough, I'm okay now. for? So, yeah, so uh, we don't, I, just to clarify, we don't actually make bars. Um, Epic does make bars. So we do, we do jerky and sticks. Um, right. I mean, it would, it would certainly depend on duration of trek. I mean, is it, is it a two-day trip? Is it, is it an overnight thing? And, and how much someone needs? Um, I'm 6'5", 220 pounds. Um, so for me, if I was doing a, a day hike um, and, and I was going to subsist entirely on, on our products, um, I would want probably a couple bags of jerky and maybe three sticks. Um, and and I, would, okay. I, would feel, I would feel strong and I wouldn't feel like I was, you know, getting hangry. Mark, Mark, uh, I'm on their website and uh, I have some nutrition fact. Uh, for example, the jerky has 2.5 gram of fat, uh, carbohydrates uh, 2%, uh, cholesterol 8%, sodium 240 milligrams, um, total calories 90 calories and from fat 20 calories <clears throat> and that's for the standard one and uh for the meat sticks um 90 calories from fat uh, 60 so there's more calories from fat in the sticks hmm. uh, than in uh in a jerky uh, on the stack mates calories 90 and from fat 60 as well. So uh, the jerky, I guess, me, being a more of a dry products, 
contains less fat, is more lean meat, whereby the other products uh, contain more, you know, the, the meat itself mm. contains more fat. Does that help? Yeah, well, it's, it's merely more for those people who are a little bit more anal about their figures and fa facts and figures and, you know, want to know how many I'm going to need to take and this and the other without too much guesswork. Right. Um, oh, no, you said the A word. Did I? Oh, well, <laughs> there we go. It's uh, Andrew Knowles, A. Knowles. <laughs> um, one of the other things I noticed that's sort of coming, filtering into the edge, this is I'm going back to the GMO subject, <clears throat> it, the amount of cattle now that are being grass-fed and grass-finished GMO grass, you know, the, uh, the stuff made by, I think it's Scott's, um, what is it, Kentucky Bluegrass, I think is the... Uh, is the brand of grass that they're pushing. Will, will that have effect on you? Will that sort of keep you out of the States as far as sourcing uh, meat? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's obviously a concern. Um, as of right now, um, we, we make the claim of non-GMO, but because we don't have the actual non-GMO uh, verification, it's, it's not actually on our packaging yet. Um, but certainly that's something I think that, that any company who's, who's going to call themselves the highest integrity option, um, that's something that you've got to be aware of. Um, and so our operations team, I mean, they, the, the hurdles and the, the trials and tribulations that they put our, our poor suppliers through um, are, are seemingly endless. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, we obviously, I, I think if that were an aspect of a farming operation, um, it would probably, it, it would have to be a deal breaker for us. Um, just yeah. based, based on our commitment to the consumer and to the market, um, mm. it, it would sort of be, uh, you know, um, just something that wouldn't work for the new primal. Mm. I'll bring that up for two reasons. One, because I, mean, I know you've got a desire to, to source from the States if you can, but right. you know, that sort of thing's going through the market. It's really going to push your suppliers away, isn't it? Really? It is. I mean, I, I, I use the analogy of a Rubik's cube in this, in this market a lot. When you, when you're working on a Rubik's cube and you're trying to figure it out, oftentimes you'll have one side that looks very well put together and then you turn it over and, and you've completely, um, messed up the, the other sides. And so it's, it's a lot of pieces, uh, puzzle pieces that have to come together um, mm. to, to make a, a company work. Um, and, you know, it, it would be a lot easier if we just said, you know, hey, grass fed's not really that important. Feedlots aren't that bad. Uh, GMOs, we're, we're fine with that. Um, it would be way easier. And, and that's why there are so many more companies that do that. Mm. Uh, as they say, if it was, if it was easy, everyone would do it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's one of those things that we do. Um, we make it harder on ourselves in order yeah. to offer a better product. Um, or, is, or as I say, that the higher integrity option. Yeah, which as you say, it, it, does, it does show that you're going the extra mile in order to, to make a much better product. Right, absolutely. And, um, and that helps us get shelf space um, <laughs> in, in retailers because, you know, we don't come in with the same old, same yeah. old option that's going to cannibalize sales of, you know, a Jack links or, or one of those gas station kind of standbys that's, that's been there forever. <laughs> yeah. Mm, yes. So one last thing, really the um, autoimmune protocol, um, typically what type of people or rather what um, type of health problems would that your product appeal to? Um, it. What, what type of, what type of health product someone has would make your product more attractive to them. No, I just said it wrong. You know what I say. I'll the health, the health problems. 
The, yeah. Okay. So, so for a lot of people, you know, I, I mentioned uh, gut inflammation and, and I think that can manifest in a lot of different ways with, with folks, whether it's bloating or, you know, digest digestion issues, um, lethargic, you know, brain fog. Um, there, there are a lot of different ways that, that in a, a gut inflammation issue um, can manifest for folks. Um, so the, the date and rosemary chicken um, offering an, an AIP friendly um, snack, you know, it's, it's the only one we have now. Um, I think the reaction has been fantastic to it. It's uh, we're big believers and you can offer the healthiest thing in the world, but if it doesn't taste great, um, <laughs> you're not going to be very happy. The consumer is not going to be very happy. The, the retailer is not going to be happy. Uh, so we think it tastes great as well. Um, but yeah, so it, it really, it depends on, on the individual consumer. Um, but it's one of those things where it doesn't have any items, uh, or any ingredients rather, um, that are known, uh, causes of inflammation. Now you can probably find someone somewhere who's allergic to dates, right. Or someone somewhere who can't eat chicken for whatever reason. Um, but in appealing to the masses and, and trying to, to offer, um, a product that works for as many people as possible. Um, that's, that's kind of where the date and rosemary chicken comes in. Okay, one last question. When are you bringing out the vegetarian option? <laughs> <laughs> there are uh, there there are plenty of companies um, out there out there doing that. Um, even even in our category, um, not so much in conventional grocery, but in in natural grocery, um, there are folks who who make a a quote unquote vegetarian jerky. Now, by by definition, it's it's not actually jerky. No, uh, obviously, but. <laughs> But I mean, there's uh, there's there's room for everybody. I, I think that there's a consumer for just about every product out there. Um, you, you look at uh, the the different niches that have been carved out by different companies. Some offer you know 50 different crazy flavors. There are companies that do alligator jerky and kangaroo jerky and all sorts of um, kind of outlandish proteins. Um, and so I, I think we'll probably steer clear of the uh, the vegetarian <laughs> option. Um, I think we've we found that our, our niche of, of higher integrity, cleaner ingredients, animal welfare has uh, has worked out pretty well for us. So I imagine we'll stick with that. Yeah, excellent. Well, I'm, I'm a little bit jealous that Alan has tried it and I haven't. But uh, you know, we'll have to great. get you some. We'll have to get you some. Um, I'll make sure I'll make sure that you you get some sent to you. Smashing. Yeah, I'm the lucky guy here. Yeah, okay. he gets he gets all the samples. I get all the samples. Yeah. Well, they'll they'll teach you to leap over there. I know. You, I know. Yeah. You need to. You need to move here back yeah. to, the, to the US. <laughs> so, um, uh, David, where can we find the information about your products? Yeah, so our, our website is www.thenewprimal.com. Um, you can learn more about the, the back story of, of the brands, um, read up more on the, um, the products that we offer, um, learn more, just generally speaking, about the company. Um, availability on amazon.com of course um, thrivemarket.com um, is a, a big seller of, of our products um, those are the, the primary resources I would use cool thank you thank you thank you again David for being on the local paleo show and sharing your products with us and like we say in Texas à votre santé y'all <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me guys I, I appreciate it it's been a pleasure it's Absolutely. our pleasure.